with Rav Hirsch, where Rav Hirsch um, explains the actions of the Ben Yaakov by Shem, and he does put elements of castigation in the actions of the Ben Yaakov. And I'm going to look at a piece from Ramosha Eisman where he rebuts the arguments of Rav Hirsch. What does that castigation mean? Um, he's speaks, he, he says, he has a title on them. I'm sorry, English, word, English words over here. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in the context of where a person understands the story, we see Yaakov being very, 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 very passive in the whole process. It's the... The initiative was taken by, by um, Shimon and Levi. So that person we didn't look at, we didn't put in the... Uh, Yaakov realized that this is not going to be... That we're, we're looking for diplomacy, we're looking for some types of ar- ar- debate, arguments, etc. Yaakov would have taken some type of part of the thing. He realized that that's not, it's not going to happen. Um, he does... He points out that earlier on, Kinevola Yisrael that um, he saw that the, the he understood that what was happening and the brothers what was happening is that the attitude of, of, of Shem and his father Hamor was these Jews are just Jews we can do whatever we want with them that you know there's, there's this, this defense we don't really, so the um, so the puzzle says describes this as Navolo so um so the word Navala, hence Navala in the first paragraph, he has like in, towards the end of the paragraph, an actual complete moral degeneration, a disgraceful act. Also an act which presupposes the clean unworthiness of that in which it, it, it exercised. So he says the word noble means that you look at something being being insignificant. In his paragraph before he says that Navala, remember the rehearsh feels that that words which are phonetic cognates have some have some similar understandings words that sound the same have a similar understanding so the word novel the word nofal because the basin and pay are very very are, are interchangeable many times and the idea of ruin rubbish withering of leaves weakening of death forces death of animal life uh and the veil of death of moral forces it means the item itself is what to ruin. So the, 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 you're looking at this item and it's being insignificant. Navalo means that they looked at, Bas, at, at, at Dina as a nobody. They can do whatever they want with, whatever they, whatever they want with her. Jacob, the weak defenseless family, they found out at, at this first clash with other nations. Um, so they recognized, the, the reality, this is the first time that Kleisel this is a myself was similar bonum. This is the first time Kaisel is conflicting with the nations. The Bnei Yaakov are fighting with the nations, so the can only be saved by recognition on, of its moral spiritual ability, which is what just in its material weakness makes godliness victorious and makes Jacob Israel. But here, this quality was disregarded, killed. Otherwise, this would not have happened. Shem will not dare to treat the daughter of a citizen in such a manner, fidgeting in the rights of the respectful community, only because she was a Jew girl. A Basiakov could have happened. 
that affected them deeply. Trying to go the high road of just saying, well, you know, we're Jews, we're above this. They saw that that didn't work. That they had to go through the world forfeiting the strong ligament of firm stepping that had been just impressed upon them. That's referring reference before that Kleiso felt after Asa they felt a certain strength. They were immediately to find out that this case could arise as here where it was a question of saving purity and morality, where one could wish to take the sword out of Asa's hand into one's own. That was so Kleiso was distressed the fact that they sort of split with Asa, the curl of Yaakov and the Yadima of Asa, and now we're forced, as it were, to take the sword of Asa. That's the reality of the world that they live in, which they came to, to learn through this event. There are times when the, the correct approach is the, is the sword of Asa. Okay. So, um, so overall, the action that they did was appropriate. We know that Yaakov was upset at them. Right. Yaakov, by the brachas, gives them a clola, not to them personally, but to their apam, their anger. So, so now, they took, in Apostle 23, they took, right. um, no, that's what I want. Apostle 25. They come and they take, they take their sword, and they, uh, missing the page. No, it's, it's, it's there, it's in the wrong order. Might be in the wrong order. Okay. So now the Bible part begins, which we need in no, in no wise to excuse. So, so Rehearse says, we don't excuse what they did. The Torah calls them to task. We don't need to, we do not need to defend it. Had they killed Shechem and Chamor, there would have been scarcely anything to say against it. But they did not spare the unarmed men were at their mercy, but further looted altogether, made, made the heavens pay for the crime of the landowner. For that there was no justification. The the people of Shem, Reb is saying, did not deserve what the Yaakov did to them. The, the other Makaris are saying not like this. That there's, they're bound to understand that there was an expert, why were they punished? He says because they should have they should have stopped it. Reb is saying that the power of Chamor and Shem was so powerful that they didn't have, they didn't have that opportunity. Rabban didn't, look, didn't see it like that. And then he says, therefore, they're, 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 fault, they're faulted for what they did. Rabban says, if the whole city would have rised up against what they're saying, what they done, it would have reacted that this is not something that's acceptable. It wouldn't have happened. Furthermore, Hirsch points out earlier, so Shechem, Shemar comes to Yaakov to, to negotiate. Give Dina back first, at least, and then we'll talk about it? No, no, no. I have her. She's mine. Look, I'd like to marry her, but I'm keeping her for meanwhile. What am I going to be keeping her meanwhile? She's a hostage. Right? So the whole thing is, um, the, the, the matzah over here is, they're, they're coming from full attitude that they can do whatever they want. Right. So from that, ad, from that, ad, that vantage point, reverse sees the city didn't really have recourse. So therefore, killing the city would be inappropriate. Rabban learns that the city had recourse. They could have stopped it. And they, they could have rose up against this, and they didn't, so they deserved to be punished. For that, J- J- Jacob reproached them. You have clouded me, says that, 
a reputation, our name, our honor, which was clear as crystal has been besmirched. Their answer was, can we treat with Abbas Yaakov as a Zayna? Gives the whole motive. The Lord would never have allowed himself to act as he did were it, were it not a question of a foreign, friendless, forsaken Jew girl. He did this because he knew he could do whatever he wants. He could do whatever he wants to the Jews. That was a thought that was brought home to the minds of Shimon Levi that there were times when the family of Jacob too must grab the, grasp the sword to protect the purity and honor of their women. They had no desire to act prudently. We weren't going to try and let them be, let's be smart. And that wasn't the attitude. They wanted to make themselves feared so nobody would attempt anything similar. Shimon Levi's question was, we're going, to make, we're going to make this so messy, nobody's ever set up with us again. Nobody's going to set up with the, the Bas Yaakov again. The children of Jacob were not to be considered as being anybody's, at anybody's disposal. But nevertheless, they went too far to take revenge on innocent people for that which the powerful ones had done. And that's why Yaakov faults them. But the, the approach wasn't wrong, Rehersha said. The approach that sometimes you need to, as it were, take up the sword of, of, of Esau and do it a strong retribution to the point that the, there's, there's a deterrent was appropriate. In a peculiar manner, this story follows immediately on the preceding one. There we saw a transitory called Yaakov. We saw an Esau, a humane emotion flaring up an Esau. We recognize that the germ of human, humaneness that ultimately is the growth to complete development of Esau too. And here we see it all at once, the sword of Esau transitorily in the hands of Jacob. I learned from that fact that brightens Jewish history, namely that. I got to the right page. Though we have ultimately become the nation to which hand, to whose hands the least spilt blood sticks, we have become the mildest, most soft-hearted of nations. This is not due to any inherent weakness in our part, to any form of cowardice. And you get the example that, that the, the, the when the Jews took up the, their attack against. Rome, they were that the, the last of our citizens in the state showed our courage and military spirit in such a terrific manner that the very bravest and chosen legions of, of Rome had to be called against us. We can wield the sword of Esau, we can also become bloodthirsty. Our remainders and wildness are the fruits of the education which God has given us through the, our history and through our history. It's not that we can't do this, we don't want to do it. It's only the means which they took, and they're going too much, much too far, which is considered blameworthy. The motive that moved Shimon and Levi, what they proved, the striving for was holy and most justified. This idea we need to create understanding, you can't do, that Kleisel can't fight when they need to. They have a strong spirit and don't, don't, don't mess with us is a, is a, is a true, a true Torah message. But the fact that they killed somebody who was innocent, that's, that's not acceptable. That's sort of her understands the story. Now, the, 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 the modern-day relevance, obviously. Gosh. It's fascinating. Yeah. Now, um, you see this, at the end of the paragraph, you find later Moshe Rabbeinu calls Levi. Levi is the one who, at the, the call of Moshe by the, by the Chet Egel, punishes Kaiso. Correctly so. Right? 
Um, okay, so that's that's the Persia's point over here. Now, let me show you the right pages right over here. Rabbi Eisman has a fascinating piece. I put like you know a little less than half of the piece. The Rabban says that why why are we being told the story? Why are we, why are we being told the story of what happens? Anything which is being told to us over here is a myself of the bottom. It's a it has a purpose. Right. So is sort of giving us a, a message. He's saying, yeah, part of the purpose is you have to know there's going to be a time where you take up a sword, and that's not a, that's not incorrect. And and part of the purpose of taking up the sword is not just retribution; it's deterrence. Also correct, right? Um, but the Reisman sees in the story itself even more of an element of my Sabbath in the bottom. So on page um, six sixty-six. Now, the puzzle says that Dita went out Liras Bebenisaurus. So Chazal fault her for that. That obviously. She, but the puzzle describes her as the the the, 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 the she's Abbas Yaakov, which is born to Leah. So she has. We're we're describing her. We're saying we're, she, we know where she came from. She is good. She's good. She's a good person. She has good roots. She came from Yaakov and Leah. You can't get better. So obviously she's not doing something which is inappropriate, obviously inappropriate. Such a person will not do that. Same time, Chazal said there was something wrong. So it was that. Dina leaves the house, fast forward a generation, they leave the house to observe the local women and their ways, presumably with intent of adopting only the best of whatever customs they practice. There was a measure of independence in her, in her excursion. She could have asked Yaakov what he thought of her plans. Since she went on her own, exhibiting the mita of Yitzhanias she inherited from her mother. The result of this decision was the tragic story we have come to know as Maisadina. So the idea that you're looking on to the, the nation's to see what they have to offer. It might, you probably take the good. But the mice of a similar body was, that's not where you search. So that decision to look outside of the base Yaakov to find things arguably good is already, you stepped out. And, and with that, you become vulnerable. We asked only what the story teaches us. Why does it merit being featured in the same vibrations among the stories we took look to as guides for our lives? What we are sitting now is how it shows the very clear consequence of trying to see the daughters of Canaan. By doing so, they didn't place herself under their power. And when it's under the power of Canaan, the results are tragic. So he calls it power means she they have now some elements of Hashbon her. And that just as soon as you step into that, you've lost a certain safety zone. You have a certain moral strength. Um, which is a very scary thing. But then, he brings in the Ramban that earlier he brings in the Ramban. The Ramban says, we know that the, um, that the city of Shechem was the first place Kaiser went to when they went into Eretz Yisrael. This is going to be the first conquest. 
So this, my Samasimul Bonim, this is going to the portent of the, of the future. This is going to be the first place to go in the conquer. They, they actually conquered it now. They set in motion the concept that Christ is going to be taking over the land. Rashi says that the that you mess everything up. Why? Because the Muslims them know the Christ is taking over, but they figure it's going to be way in the future. Now they see it's happening right now. They're going to come and attack us. And actually, the matter that they actually were attacked. According to the matter they were actually were attacked by the by by, by Canaan. Canaan for what they did. Right? But the the reason why the Minicon were re- responding was not because what had happened, is because what they saw is now a sim in what's about to happen. You take over the land. So this is here for that purpose. For the eventual consequences of the land. But the Torah tells us multiple times, get rid of Canaan. You want to take over the land? Fine. Don't stay there with Canaan. So this is what B'nai Yaakov did. As much as we're taking over this piece of property now, we're removing Canaan. By Yeshua, when they come in, they're given, they're given an option. They're given an option, they can leave. They're given an option, they can become a Vodim and submit so that their, their culture is going to be removed. They, they're not a separate entity. They're a Vodim to Kalei Or they can fight and be killed. But Yaakov didn't give them an option. So that's where we fault them. But the idea that you cannot stay together with Canaan, it's either or. That's what Torah says. That, that's, that, that was correct. We were so many times about what would happen if we did not properly destroy its inhabitants. We would witness their idol worship, learn from their ways, and eventually ultimately worship idols ourselves. That's Sefer Shreftim. They didn't re- say that's that's the refrain of Sefer Shreftim again and again. They didn't get rid of the Kananim, they learned from the ways of the Kananim, they became like Tanim, they did a Vodazor. Hashem sends some terrible sorrow against them, they do tshuva, and Hashem saves them, and then they do it again. Because they did not remove Kanan. Unfortunately, we did not take heed of Hashem's warning. We allowed some of the seven nations to survive. By doing so, we placed ourselves under the, under the power just as Dinah once did. They're there now to act as a dogma for us. A bad idea. Um, we ne- now we can understand the total war Shem and Levi waged against the inhabitants of Shem. Rav Hirsch lodges a tremendous complaint against them for slaughtering innocent inhab- inhabitants along with guilty rulers. But like what he was saying, there was a very good reason for what they did. You know what, this, this specific event, you're right, they're innocent. That they are problematic, their culture, their attitude, their approach to life, everything is going to be, you cannot have them living in, in, conjointly with Klai Yisrael, they were right. Wow. So, if Dina was the icon of my subset of Bottom and showing what happens when we, we, we coexist with the Kananim, which wasn't good, Shimon and Levi are the same for the mitzvah of Losechayek on the Shama. So now, um, I remember I had a bucker here in Yeshiva years and years ago, over 20 years ago, close to 25 years ago. Losechayek on the Shama drove him crazy. It was drove him crazy. Like, so we're saying we're going to wipe out every single Kanani men, men, women, and children. They don't deserve that. They're innocent. 
The Torah is condoning genocide. Right? So the truth is, like, like so I told him that the Ramas is that the Ramas is very clear that that's what that's not true. They have an option to leave. They have an option to, to totally submit. And they have a, and then and if, if but if they chose not to, then they're eradicated. Because Kaiso cannot coexist with them. That's a reality. It will it will damage Kaiso to the point where where it's 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 you have to you have to eradicate it. Yes. There's a new book which came out um, recently. New Saber came out. Is the good book bad? That's the name of the book. Right? The Saber. It's all about responding to these types of attacks on the on the Torah. Yeah. You know, all the negative things you say about the Torah. You know, are, are, is it really? You know, how would you respond to that? It's written by a fellow in, in Cincinnati. It's a very nice shot. Um, right. But one thing he says. You can't judge, you know, the, the sociologists have this, this idea which is that, that you don't judge, you can't really understand a society until you understand their culture. So, um, I want to understand the, 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 the Aborigines, right, until I go and I live with them and I understand how they look at the world, what they're doing looks stupid. What's that how they look at the world? It might be actually really intelligent. But standing from outside and judging, I think that what they're doing is ridiculous. Is, is, is not doesn't make any sense. You, you have to understand the worldview that they're coming from, and then you can make it within their worldview. It makes a lot of sense. They have this: is the worldview right or wrong? A different question. In a worldview where the purpose of life is teremitzes, and you have a person which their presence is going to allowing them to continue to exist is going to destroy Torah mitzvahs and this is the purpose of the whole creation yes, they have to be destroyed now, you don't like the idea that the purpose of the world is for Torah mitzvahs, that's a different point but, that, but you can't judge that right? the same way we, we, everybody, ha, everybody has or not everybody there's a concept of we have a value system and we judge things based on our value system, right? So um, you have to work that over there. Perhaps for this reason, the Torah places such an emphasis on the spoils of Shechem. What do they want them for? We know that the story of the Torah considers the fact that they did not take any spoils to be praised. But did not take any any spoils from from the the people they killed in the time of Avraham. And the, and the Megillah stresses that. Twice. Over here, the Torah does the opposite. Far from not taking the spoils, the Torah graphically describes just how they took them. So it says, They came to the corpses and they stripped them. They, they apparently stripped the corpses. Then they took Tsoinam, Bekorum, Chamareim, Meshabir, Meshabasadu, it's called Kayla, it's called Tapa, it's a shame, it's a shame. Hey, mom, I took everything, and everything, and everything, and everything, and everything. We have people looking at how much they took. Like, wh- why are you telling me that? It seems to be that what the, the Torah is not saying, the Torah doesn't fault them on that. The Lord of the Kanani, well, is enough to make one shudder. We often affirm that Hashem considers a praise with to avoid the spoils. Hashem thinks highly of us leaving the wealth untouched. Why would the Sultan refer the money over Hashem's favor? 
In other words, it makes perfect sense. This was the This is the first conquest. They took, they took the spoils also. They took everything. That was the point. Whatever the Umas Arlam had gathered is now going to be transferred to you. Not just the land, but where was there in the houses, etc. The part of the conquest was to be the spoils. I'm giving you a land full of homes which are full of plenty, which you didn't have to work in, and you're going to get the spoils. The Torah describes it that that's part of it. Hashem's promise to call Yisrael. And that's what they did. Okay, so, so so Ari's asking, like, you know, nowadays there's this accusation which is hurled at Kla Yisrael, this, this calumnious lie that, you know, that we stole the land, right? So, from the Palestinians. Now, we didn't sell land from the Palestinians because there's no ain't the Palestinians, right? So, so they claim that, you know, they are the, the that they've been in there for 3,000 years, you know, when, when, you look at the census from the 1850s, 1860s, there was nobody in the land. So you weren't there. Right, we know that a large amount of Arabs came from the surrounding countries as the Jews moved in and started making the land prosper. Arabs moved in. So Gersamites, that's why they had shared last names with people from Egypt and from Syria, etc., because they weren't there. So the whole thing is a lie, but that doesn't bother Palestinians. They're very happy to lie. And our, the, our intelligence academia in America are just as intelligent in that regard. They love to lie about these things. But we're Palestinians because the word Palestine was actually taken, I mean, it was a Roman name which was taken from, the, they wanted to rub it in, in Judea's face. If they wanted to give him a shtok, it says, you know, oh, well, they pushed him because the, the, throughout Tanakh, the, the nation which was grappled the most, had the most problems with were the Plishtim. So, okay, now it's Palestine's. Yeah, that good, but we took it. We, we did take the land from the Canaan. We did take the land from that, right? So w- there was a point where we con- w- there was a conquest. So as much as the Torah presents it over here, and, and we, we we sort of grapple with, are, are we good with this story or not good with this story, right? So is there an element over here, sort of like saying, at some point in time, the story can be used against us? Like this is the precursor of the story. Um, I, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to, to figure these type of things out because you know we're trying to figure out what, what the Russians' kashbarnas are. Um, um, if it wouldn't be this calumny, there'd be something else. It wouldn't be this lie. Be something else. You know that that's for sure. But um, there. Where do I go with this? Okay, just bear with me a second, right? So. The Gemara says in Ksubis and Afkafiralov that you know that part of Klaus's goals they shouldn't force itself back into the land. That's part of Klaus should not do that. And when the, when the, when they started the process, individual people can go back, but as a, as a nation try to force them back in the land, Klaus should not do that. They started doing that. The, the, the Zionist movement started doing that. 
it, it, there is elements of, I don't want to call it irony is the right word for it, sadness, whatever it is, that they, they envisioned this idea when Christ will have their own land be, and be a nation like other nations, then will be accepted amongst the, the, amongst the body of all the nations and they'll stop hitting the Jews. That was the thought process. If you want to know whether that experiment has failed, I think it's failed. Right, the, the, the almost all of them have not accepted us because we have our own. Have our own. Then, then there was an element of forcing the land back, which is then thrown back in our face. Was it wrong or right? Is divinely inspired? Not divinely inspired? Was the right thing that this is man? This Gula? I'm not getting involved in that, but that is definitely being thrown back in our face. That there was this this element of you, you're forcing yourself back into the land, and we're not going to like it. Now, uh, so they're going to make up lies how, how, how the story, that, that's, that, that, you know, that's a, there was some element of, that necessarily wasn't say the most pr- pr- appropriate way of doing it. I think that's more where you have the issue than putting it back at the roots of the Maishabashim and Lebanon. I think it might be a Maishabashim and Lebanon, but I, I'm not sure that I would, I would go there for the... Um, okay, so... He just ends off over here. To summarize, then, the story of Dinan teaches us exactly how we need to comport ourselves with the Canaanite. We must separate ourselves completely from them. There's nothing we should or even could learn from them. The Rabban tells us at the end of Dinan's story is that she lived out her life in Shimon's house as an eternal widow. It's such a terrible, tragic story, and we are corrected as recorded as a to teach us the perils of not destroying the inhabitants of the land. The result is that we place ourselves under their influence, learning from their ways, depending on the Zorah, suffering the pain and the results from disconnecting ourselves from Akkadosh Baruch The footnote over here gives a more welcome to a piece from Rosodic. Rosodic has a piece in Parshish Pinchas. Chazal say that Zimri, that Shlomi ben Sarish Adoy, which is Zimri ben Salu, was really Shoban Akananis, which is the son of Dina from Shechem. He was the Nasi of Shevet Shimon. And the reason why he allowed Pinchas to kill himself, kill him, and then fight back, because there was a tikkun for this Misa of Shkem and Dina. That's, the, that's, oh, uh, that's what Sadiq says. Oh. Fascinating. And the. So, as much as there was some element of impropriety in the whole process, it had to be rectified. Rectification was that he was he was killed. Um, that, that's from Sodic. It's a piece over there in Pritzadik and Parshas Pinchas, right? But that's like wow. Um, Shaul was told to wipe out the Amalek, and he had mercy. The Nabi faults him, so we're looking at what's in front of us and saying, you know, I mean, we can relate to what Shaul was doing. It's hard to really just. Wipe everything out. What do they do? That what do they do to deserve this? And the same thing over here. And the answer is, you're right. What did they do to deserve? Is not the issue. Is how are they going to affect you negatively? Is the problem. And the Torah gave us the responsibility to eradicate the dangers of the destruction of Kali, the roots of the destruction of Kali Yisrael, in the spiritual sense. And if we're not willing to do that, we have to do. <coughs> I think, I, going back to Ari's question, I think our 
the this challenge of balancing the Rahmanas vis-a-vis the vision of the future of how this is going to impact us negatively. Arguably, if Kaisel had eradicated the Khanam where they're supposed to, we wouldn't be where we are now. The 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 of Sefer Shreftim would never have taken place. The Vodazor again and again and again. The, and the history of Kaisel would have been different history. The Kaisel was not did not do that. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. And had we went far enough, which is quote-unquote quote, uncomfortable, at least from our vantage point nowadays, sitting like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible, right? It's only like genocide. If we had done that, we wouldn't be where we are now. You know we now, can't hear him, right? What? You know we can't hear him. I, right. I'm sorry. Right. I already said, like, you know, it comes out, what, we, what, we, what we have over here is the, it's almost like we didn't go far enough. Right? We, we hesitated. And the result is that, so the here and now, you know, we can relate to that. We, we, we're, we're, not, we're not thinking about the future. Now, you want to know the hashkafic impacts of how you deal with Aza, right? You know, here and now, you know, we can deal with it, etc. Yeah, but the problem is what's going to be in the future. I'm not going there, you know, that you can make your own conclusions about that because that's a physical versus physical. This point over here is this is spiritual versus physical. But if we we appreciate the damage of the spiritual to what it really is, we would have went through with the physical as uncomfortable it might be because the choice, the other choice is worse. And the result, we didn't do that. The result is that we were left with, eventually impacted us negatively. That's, I think, the point that he's taking out over here, which is, uh, takes takes. A little bit, nice size shoulders to say that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that happy note. <laughs>